You're listening to Damage at the Dish, the podcast about data-driven hitting and data-driven baseball in general, with Nate Pearson and Ryan Johansson. Damage the Dish is brought to you by Great Lakes Bat Company, the quality maker of custom wooden bats and the industry's leader in personalized bat fitting. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Damage the Dish, Season 2, Episode 12. It is Wine Wednesday, our favorite day of the week. We have two special guests with us tonight. We have Delaney Johansson is back with us again for a Wine Wednesday, and we have AJ Gill of Aurora University. How are we doing, guys? AJ, what's up? How are you doing? Delaney, you guys are the stars of the show tonight. Uh, we're excited to have you guys on here. Excited to be here, man. Um, AJ, so first question, the very first question I want to ask you is, in your major, as you learn new things, how do you manage what you learn and incorporate into what you've been taught if it doesn't match up? By the way, it's going to be a quick show tonight. We're going to try to be short and concise. I've got a specific set of questions. Uh, we'll get you guys out of here uh, pretty quick on Wednesday. Um, we a quick show on Monday, Tuesday. It's not that we don't care anymore. We'll see you Thursday. We're going to be obnoxious. It'll be fine. So, AJ, if you can answer the question, that'd be great. I'm going to need you to repeat the question, man. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, you're an exercise science major, strength Correct. guy. You've done your own research. You know a lot about uh, the body, physiology, movement. How do you manage what you're learning based on uh, based on what you're being taught if it doesn't match up with what you believe or, or like if you learn something and then like somebody tells you something that's opposite of what you learned but you're like hey I want to kind of go that way because now I believe that like how do you manage that as a player because as a college as a college athlete like I would imagine that's like pretty relevant especially as things are changing so rapidly in our age of information definitely and it's, it's probably more common than anything like uh, you know there's been and, like, I, I kind of want to expand upon your question and ask you another question. So when you're asking me, when I have outside information opposed to what I'm learning, like, in my classroom setting, for example, do you mean, like, other coaches that I might encounter, like, in my training? Yeah, that or, like, like even, like, your, yeah, that, that, exactly. Okay. Let's, All right, let's yeah. with that. All right, so... Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think me personally, like, you know, especially, like, the further I get into my, you know, college career, so to speak, uh, the academic level gets a little higher. Um, and you definitely come upon, like, you come upon instances where, like, you know, you've been taught something your entire life and, you know, it's just kind of like these mainstream, you know, anecdotal things that we kind of have in baseball. Um, and you just kind of are taught to believe in your whole life. And then you kind of realize, you know, when you, when you apply the science, so it doesn't really match up. So there's definitely been instances where um, I've had a coach contradict something I've learned in the classroom, and I've kind of had to just, you know, I guess smile and 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 do and say yes, sir, a couple of times, um, if that makes sense. Um, you know, just to, I, I guess my personal thing is I try to, like, avoid confrontation with coaches um, as much as possible. I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, deemed uncoachable, which is kind of, you know, an interesting topic we talked about it yesterday in the in the zoom meeting and everything um but yeah so for me it's more of like what can, what do i know that gets me better um and like what can i take from each coach that's gonna like that i can you know like try to grab some from each coach so 
Um, if it doesn't match up with what I'm learning in the classroom, I just kind of like try to, I, I trust my own, you know, process a little bit more. The older I get as an athlete, the longer I'm playing. Um, and I kind of try to, you know, be self-taught and like be self-aware. Um, I like to do my own research that way, you know, I know where the information is coming from, you know, reading, you know, peer-reviewed studies, things like that, um, and trying to stay up to date, like with the strength conditioning, you know, association, things like that. And they constantly putting out things that that are, you know, constantly changing um, as we get to know more just through the technology and the information that becomes available. So um, I think that, you know, not just taking guys at their word and, like, you know, taking it a bit deeper and saying, like, okay, like, let me go research this myself, um, and that, that seems to be the most useful uh, resource for me personally. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it did. Um, and Delaney has uh, some things to weigh in on this too, but how do you know if your professor's right? Well, I mean, I, I guess to a certain degree, you almost have to trust the fact that, you know, the guys that are teaching me are, are doctorates in their fields. And, you know, I guess, I guess you could pose the question like, well, oh, how do you know they're right? But I, to me, it's like, am I going to trust the guy, you know, a coach who may have a little bit of experience here and there, but it's mostly field experience? Or am I going to trust somebody who's done the, done the grit, like done the gritty work, you know, sat through the lectures, listened to the professors talk, you know, went to conferences, things like that, and has field experience, you know, 10, 12 years of field experience working with athletes, um, so I guess it's really a, a, a matter of, like, who do you want to trust more, I guess, is probably the better way to put it. AJ, would you be surprised if I uh, told you in one of my classes uh, I argued with a professor and her response was, I have a PhD, so you have to agree with me. And my response was, well, I could agree with you, but then we'd both just be wrong. Would that shock you? Not at all, actually. <laughs> and that would be exactly what I would expect you to say in that situation. But it has nothing to do with, like, like my knowledge on the subject. That has to do with, like, right. like you just can't use that as an, like, as, as an argument. Right, and, like, that, you know, and that's, gonna, that's why, I, like I said, like, doing your own research is, like, super useful nowadays. Because we're, we live in an age where technology is literally, like, a Google search away. Um, so, I, I, like, I, I get on, you know, guys on my team and stuff like that that, you know, like, we could be sitting around talking about something like, hey, when did this movie come out? And then we'll all sit around and guess for 30 minutes, opposed to somebody just Googling it. You know what I mean? And we do the same thing with information, you know, that's readily available at our fingertips. And sometimes we just neglect that luxury, and we don't use it. And something that I've been trying to be a little bit more self-accountable is, you know, if I'm going to talk about a subject, I want to be, I want to know what I'm talking about. And if I don't, then I want to listen. You know what I mean? It takes you 30 minutes to figure out that you can just Google it. <laughs> All right, bro. That's not you missed the point there. But the point is, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we neglect to use the information that's at our fingertips sometimes. No, I, I hear you. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to put you on blast, Delaney. What's your answer to the question? Um, well, mine's a little different from it because I'm taking it from my personal experience as a player, and those, I was very people. much well, like <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Delaney had a way cooler career than I did. <laughs> Mine was, well, I guess yours was shortened too this year. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. more years than you. He has by long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in my experience, 
as a player and like who I listened to, I was very much like a pleaser. So I always took what my coach coaches said and similar to like the topics that were discussed yesterday about like being over coachable and like listening to everything and almost like harming yourself as an athlete or like depending on your um, success. That I was very good up to the point until college when I actually ran into a coach who you know, wasn't really knowledgeable on the swing and really broke down my swing in, like, a bad way, but I wanted to please her as a coach and listen to her, so I wasn't very accountable for my own success and, like, diving deep into saying, like, okay, this is what makes me successful. I'm just going to do what I want to do and, like, put a smile on my face and say, okay, coach, and go back to what I was doing. I actually tried to do what she told me, and um, it had, like, a negative impact on me, so... um like you said, you definitely have to do the research and have some type of, like, mental kickback of, like, understanding what kind of player and athlete you are and be able to have that, um, that like, mental toughness to be able to know, okay, like, what's going to make me successful and, like, what's not. And I was not that kind of person. Like, it, it's, incredible, it's incredible to me that you're, like, 21, 22 and have that, like, understanding that you're able to have that self-awareness. Um, in yourself as a player when I did not have that. I was almost like a, a, a soldier, like, marching to the beat of the drum, like, right. take this, like, and, and that's what I did. Like, it was very much like, you do this, you do this, you do this, because, like, in college, they own you. Like, you're, you're supposed to do, like, all the hours you put in, um, all the studying, all the classes, like, they just, like, they own your life. So, yeah, I really, like, very much stood in line and did what I was told, so. Definitely, and I think that it, part of it goes back to like what you were saying, like, you know, I, I, and it's not, like, I was the same way up to a certain point, like, you know, I had to learn, like, I think learning that self-accountability and that self-awareness is almost like a process. It's not something that, like, you really, like, because, like, I know, I know, I'd say the majority of college athletes probably are the fall in line, yes, sir, you know, like, like you said, like, marching like a soldier type of attitude and, like, mentality about the, you know, about their own process, and I think that what helped me a ton was, you know, like, I would, let's say, like, I would text Ryan, like, hey, like, I have a question about something. And then it was like, I, you know, he, he'd respond hours later with another question. And, like, I was like, no, I just want answers. And it was like, it, it kind of, like, made me accountable and, like, okay, like, seek out your own process. And, like, I think that that's something, you know, looking back, like, you know, months, now, months from now, like, it's helped me grow so much in, like, being my own coach. And, like, I know this is kind of, like, a talk that we had a little bit yesterday, but it really applied to my, like, to my career personally. And, like, I'm super thankful that, like, he didn't just say, yeah, like, this is what you got to do. It was like, well, what do you think you should do? What are you thinking here? Like, what's your, like, what what's your process in this? And, like, you know, sometimes when we be training, he would, like, throw up questions at me. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And it was, like, it really cool, and it, like, kind of, like, kept me self-aware and self-accountable, so... Really cool. It's very different from the text messages I have you yelling at me first. Don't ask me questions. Give me answers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a that was a that was a young minded AJ girl. So well, I'm more mature now. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, hey. I didn't know you're this like grown man. Listen, I got a lot of time to grow during this quarantine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what do you got on what we're talking about right now? And do not give me some eyewash answer. I want an articulate no, my experience is a lot like what Delaney said. I mean, that's kind of like I kind of just walked like, like clueless, I soldier, yes sir, yes yes, did all this stuff, and kind of didn't realize until I became a coach that I had like a you know I had a say, but I just kind of you know 
that's kind of like what you did. So I really didn't have like, I wasn't self-aware until about, I don't know, three or four years ago. So I'd say that like my experience was kind of the same, right? It's kind of like do what they said and then, you know, didn't really realize it until after I was done playing. What do you do right now that makes you feel independent? I mean, I just, you know, I can, I trust myself way more than I did as a player now that I'm like, I've matured a lot more from being 20 years old to 27. I've had a lot more like life experiences and stuff like that. So I like, I'm just way more self-aware than I used to be. So I like understand what I can and can't do and what I'm capable of. What are you capable of? Anything, man. Positive vibes only. That's right. Stop asking me questions. I'm not your, my your, my your little player. Right. I kind of want you to weigh in on this a little bit, man. Like, yeah. when did you become like Mr. Question Guy? Um, I might be able to. So, <laughs> so no, that that is a good question. Uh, when did I become a question guy? Um, I don't know. I, I asked you. I asked you a lot of questions. It's an Yeah, I would say like 2014, but I also like learned how to ask better questions. Okay. So there became a point where, and I've gone like in like ups and downs, right? Where yeah. I've felt really confident in the questions I'm asking, and then I've also, like, gone into, like, big learning space and, like, kind of, like, been quiet, and then, like, I've gone back to asking questions, and then, like, so, like, to me, if I were to build a graph, it would look, like, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. I'm drawing this thing on my finger, which I know nobody can uh, see if it's <laughs> Delaney because uh, we're on a podcast, but it's basically a giant mountain and then, like, a giant valley, a giant mountain, giant valley. And so, for me... Uh, Rich gave me a book, um, actually recently, that was about, like, good questions to ask, and so, it obviously brought out, like, more questions, um, that I wanted to be, that I wanted to be relevant for, but, um, it really came from the fact that if you ask most travel players, um, when you talk about it from a facility standpoint, that's the majority of players we work with. If they go to their travel practice, they're all lined up and they're told to do the exact same thing without any context to what they already do. Just, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to hit. This is how we're going to move. Things like that. Um, you, talk to, you, know, you talk to high school players and it's a little bit less, but it's similar. You talk to college players and it's a little bit more individual, but again, it's, it's similar and it becomes less and less and less and less. And depending on how much attention your coach pays to you is how annoyed you are with your coach.
and went back to like learning just human development as, as a whole. Right. And I think that was like a really interesting like time for me. I think the fact that I went from wanting to be a college head coach to immediately going from like three seven year olds was like a very growing time for me. And it sounds really lame, and it sounds like oh my gosh, like you're just coaching a park district, you're babysitting. But like I was, wa- I was dealing with like I had to communicate with autistic kids with their parents not around. Like I had to deal with like kids crying in the corner with like as no experience in that at all. But yet getting them to run the first base and doing like all these things, like having to like figure out how to communicate with like humans. And I feel like if you can communicate with humans, you can communicate with baseball players because that's what baseball players are, right? And it sounds like really dumb and it sounds like really like simple. But we forget that like these people that are like they have they have emotions and they have um cares and they have worries and they have all these things and all they are is just exemplified by their age and exemplified by their stresses and that was like such an important part of my growth as a coach was like dealing with that instance um if that makes sense and yeah no that was really good it sounds it sounds really really lame um but like that's just like a weird thing and kind of like a lucky thing that like i had to go through um but also, like, maybe I'd be doing something way different right now if I didn't go through that. So I don't know if it was lucky or if it was meant to be. Um, but that's kind of, like, how I would view, like, how I transitioned from even even coming from that. Like, I, I coached the way I was coached. which was just, like, really big hard ass, like, make people run. Like, oh, yeah. made loud nares, like, run up and down hills. And, like, I realized really quick, like, that doesn't play. Like, kids don't care about that. Right. Like, they're just like, okay. I was in right field and I made four diving catches. My shortstop made 18 errors and I threw hills now. This this makes zero sense. Like, I played off. And I also hit two homers and lost by four. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I made 18 diving catches and hit two homers. Like, I, why am I running hills? Like, right. I don't know. Why are you? Like, because your shortstop made an error because he went out and, like, did whatever last night or because he just isn't a good shortstop and I'm a bad coach and I put him in a shortstop? Like, why do you have to now? Like, maybe I put the worst shortstop ever and then blamed him there and like you're in right field like doing your job like you have to run now it makes zero sense so um having to go through some of those things like being a young coach and they talked about it like a couple episodes ago um about like his first coaching experience i think we just all grow um but i think it's tough for players to be able to grow in those moments because every year is a new year with a new coach and new responsibility and even if you have a coach for four years like, you go from being a freshman to a sophomore. Like, that's a big jump. Sophomore to a junior, that's a big jump. Junior to a senior, that's a big jump. You're Like, more and more is expected out of you, even if you have the same coach. And so, it's just such a different environment every year you go through that. Like, our job should be to help players manage those those jumps a little bit better um, and a little bit more consistently. And I, and I don't know if we do a good job of putting enough content out to, like, help them. Um, and I don't know if we do a great job of, as coaches, uh, managing that, um, because there's also the sense of, like, we just let them do whatever they want, like, are we actually coaching, or are we just, like, navigating some sort of, like, fake coaching, you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm going to let you add on to that. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it on the head. I mean, I remember we talked about a couple, like you said, a couple episodes ago, like when I had, you know, I started coaching right out of college and I was 20 years old and I coached 11 new baseball and I was like making them like run poles. And then I look back at myself and I'm like, dude, I was a complete psychopath. Like, but I like, but like that was just from experience. Like that's how it went down. Like you, 
you know, if you messed up, you ran after. That was, like, a punishment. So, I mean, like, it didn't take me until probably, like, my third year in to be like, dude, like, yeah, we're not going to waste time after games. Like, you know, sometimes you lose, you know. We're trying. We're obviously trying to win, but sometimes it doesn't go our way. Like, all right, break it down. Like, go team on three. Let's go eat, you know, kind of thing. But I think, yeah, as you grow, man, I think you just learn how to handle things differently. And, I mean, I have a different style than, you know, other people. I'm not saying my style is perfect, but, like, for me, like, I try to take, like, a way more chill environment to it. Like, I'm trying to make them enjoy the game, right? So I'm not trying to, like, ruin their ruin the environment of them playing the game. It should be fun and should, like, you know, let off steam and we should just be, like, you know, enjoying ourselves. So I think, like, just from experience, man, that's just kind of, like, how I take that. So the worst thing I ever did my first year at coaching, uh, I didn't have to coach 11 you my first year. I had to coach uh, 16 you. The worst thing I ever did, have I told on this story my the first time uh, a police officer came to my hotel room door about my 15 team? Have I told this ever on season one or season two? I don't think so. I You've told me, but I don't think so. I don't think I've heard this story. All right, it's a great story. Uh, if you're just tuning in, yeah, I told on season one, I apologize. It's a good enough story that you want to hear twice. Uh, so... Uh, my best friend in the whole world, he's the best man at a wedding, he's my assistant coach, we have a hotel room, we're coaching for this travel organization, we have a knock at the door, it's like 12.05 in the morning, uh, we're about to go to sleep, and uh, and uh, so we go, and I answer the door, and it's a police officer, and he's like, hey, are you the head coach of the you know XYZ, uh, I think it was the 16U team, are you the coach of the 16U, XYZ, whatever, and uh, I'm like, I don't know who's asking. And he stared me straight in the face and was like, I'm asking. And I was like, well, obviously, but like, I was like, oh, okay, so the police department is asking. All right, great, that's awesome. That's like, are you just like asking for the hotel? Are you a security guard? Like, what are you? Like, nope, you're the police. Okay. So I was like, yes, I am. And uh, he goes, all right, I think like, like your guys are shooting a bow and arrow with bottle rockets, like in the parking lot, like next door. And we were like, what? Like, what is going on? One, that sounds awesome. And why did they invite me? And two, like, that's the worst idea ever. And one, how do you know that they play for XYZ team? And uh, <laughs> so we had a long talk about, like, you do dumb stuff, don't wear your team gear. Uh, and two, how, and all of them, see, this is the best part. This is when Vine is popular. And they were like, no, no, none of us were there. No, we never did that. No, you're lying. Like, ah, it didn't happen. I'm like, I'm a vine with all of you there. Like, all of you lied about this. Like, I have everything, like, on my phone. And, of course, like, me and my best friends are, like, young at times. We're like, dude, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I wish they didn't get caught. Like, this is awesome. Like, they're shooting fire rockets, and they're, like, out of the bow and arrow. I was like, I should you to get a bow and arrow. I was like, who had a fake idea? I was like, you had a fake idea? I said, 18? That's the worst fake idea I've ever heard. And, uh, so anyways, that was, uh, that was the first time, uh, that I had to be like a head coach of, uh, of that situation. And then, uh, we had to call them in and, um, we made them run forever. And the coolest part about that story is we had the least out of shape pitcher ever throw a complete game shutout. And I was like, yeah, you guys are just going to have to run bow and arrows before the game all for like an hour, uh, before every game now because you guys have played amazing. Um, but... My yeah, my weird uh, my weird story. That same team played terrible. Played terrible in another uh, tournament. We missed like every, we made like thirteen errors in some game. 
And I took the ball bucket, me and my assistant, we were psychos at the time. We took the ball bucket and we threw them in every direction we possibly could. And then we timed them instead of these balls. If you're like 13 of you and all these balls are back in this bucket, like after we launched them, like we threw them so far. Like we played long toss the entire bucket. And we were like, if these balls aren't back in the bucket in a minute, like we're going to do it again. And like, that was the most psycho thing I ever did. And of course, like it was like three minutes later, we're like, we solely underestimated this punishment. We had no idea what we were doing. Like, there's no chance they can accomplish this goal. <laughs> like, uh, um, but yeah, it just kind of goes to show, like, when Nate says, and that's just like, <laughs> you just learn because there's no shot they could do that. Anyways, my first year of coaching was insane. So, next question um, that we have we got two uh, really fresh college athletes, one's currently in college, Delaney's uh, uh, very briefly removed. We talked about the, the worst punishments the other day, the, worst, the, the worst conditioning uh, the other oh, day, uh, and Nate brought up 300s, he knew what 300s were, I brought up that Delaney knew that 300s were um, the worst punishment, but I want to hear from you, AJ, is I want to hear, um, I want to hear what is the, what is the right punishment for missing a time. What is the proper punishment? If you're under base, you hit a triple with two outs and an O2 count, you hit a triple, your team's down by one, your buddy misses a sign and costs you a game, or whatever it is. Like you're the senior, ends your senior senior season, you only can't continue because somebody misses a sign. What is the proper punishment? Okay, let me let me ask one let me ask a question before I answer that. Was that a sign, a squeeze? Um, ignore the scenario. <laughs> Just assume the sign cost you your season. And right, you, well. did, you did your job with two outs and two strikes. All right. Um, it could be a take. Uh, it could be uh, maybe maybe the next guy got walked and it was some kind of like weird first and third crazy play. Um, maybe, you're on, maybe you scored the run and you're back on defense. And there was supposed to be a pickoff or, or a pitch out, and okay. that there right. wasn't a pitch. Like you know what I mean? Like there was something. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what's the proper punishment for missing a sign? I mean, in a big game, there's, there's just so many factors here. But let's just assume that the guy just straight up lack of focus missed the sign. Um, obviously, like I mean, just basing it off just pure emotional response, I'm gonna be really upset, um, and like probably going to throw some stuff, say some select words, not going to lie. What would you uh, throw, AJ? What would you throw? I, I mean, if, I, if, I'm in, if I'm on third base, I'd probably throw my helmet. Um, and, and I have a tendency to do that, so it's not super out of character. Um, but <laughs> Have you ever broken the helmet? Yeah, dude. Alright, I'm not going to lie. I got a hat trick last year one time. It was just a soft lefty, and he was just working me. And uh, on that third one, back in the dugout, I actually came in and I slammed my helmet into the cubby hole, and like it just—I don't know how some, my hand got caught or something. And I, I honestly think I broke my hand. I think I played last year half the season with a broken hand from that. That's really impressive. Uh, you had a lot of homers last year. Yeah, and you know, and you know, I, I won't name him, but one of my coaches actually thinks that the reason I, I had such a good year last year is because I couldn't squeeze my top hand. And that me having loose hands made me a better hitter. So, um, that, you know, that's a completely unrelated discussion. But, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think you know. Like, maybe maybe everybody should try to break their hand in the cubby hole. Purely anecdotal. Um, and we're just going to leave that there. Uh, 
this is a podcast where you be honest, bro. Like, this is Wine Wednesday. Alright, well, yeah, dude, I'm going I'm to be pretty upset. And, like, honestly, like, lack of focus in that situation, like, but why are you even playing baseball? If you, if you like, that, you got to have, like, you should be locked in in that kind of moment. Um, and I, I, I would be really upset, man. And I, I guess, like, looking at it, like, if I was that guy that missed a sign, I'd probably want a little bit of mercy. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'd be really upset, probably say a lot of select words. Um, you know, censored. I'm gonna censor for the podcast sake, but I, I would be really upset to say the least. And I don't know if there's a punish. I think losing the game in that situation is probably punishment enough for that guy. Like he's got to wear that for the rest of his college career. So I mean, I, I don't necessarily know if you punish that guy, but like you're definitely gonna hear it from the players, if not the coaches. So, as a guy who's missed his fair share of signs, I apologize, agent. Yeah. <laughs> listen, bro. If it's listen, if it's a bun sign, like low key, I'm probably gonna ignore it. So I mean, that's just you know, if it's a squeeze, like it's that's like you just pretend you missed that one and just daddy hack go to. Delaney, what do you uh, what what's the worst sign you've ever missed, and what what happened? What was your punishment? Um, the worst sign I ever missed was a steel sign. And this was in, like, 16-new ball with Coach Seiler. And he just, just like, no-nonsense bullshit. And, like, I missed... Oh, sorry. Um, and I missed it. <laughs> and instead of just, like, giving it to me again, he threw his hands up in the air, and he was like, you're going to steal next time, okay? That's right. He called me out in the middle of the game, and I was like, okay. <laughs> like, so he embarrassed me, and... Um, I mean, everyone at this point, like, they, like, you don't steal. Given that was 18, I skipped 16, I forgot that, so. Nate, uh, fun fact, I've never actually got a steal sign. Well, I'm really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I am too, but my, my coach doesn't seem to think so, so. That's because you're a, uh, like, fourth-string catcher that doesn't ever get to be the fourth-string catcher. It's just a sad, it's sad, man. I just wrapped behind the dish. <laughs> Nate, what, uh, what's the worst time you ever missed? I have two great stories, by the way. Um, but then we're going to end this call. This one's, like, funny. It's not, like, really bad, but it always, it always like, reminds me. I always kind of laugh at it, but... Um, I missed a sign in an alumni game, and I and the whole team hated me because it ended the game. Um, and in an alumni game? In an alumni game, and the guy throwing was, like still playing in the minor leagues like was a dude the pitcher and I think I got like a take and I swung and like struck out and like the game was over and I got ripped apart by everyone because I I single handedly lost us the game <laughs> yeah because it was all your because it was 7-2 to two and my strikeout in the bottom of the ninth ruined the game but. exactly <laughs> the only one that made you lose in that exact moment your fault shame on you so, so I have two uh, I have, uh, I have two things one of this sign, I'll tell that story secondary because uh, I need to redeem myself with the first story. The first story is like we were playing like a plastic team. Um, I wasn't playing, wasn't starting, and they're like, Johansson, like you get in that bat. I had no idea what the score was. Like I wasn't paying attention at all the game. Apparently we were up like by like 18 runs. And I saw a third baseman back and I bunted. And like that's like, you know, you just don't do that when you're up by 18. <laughs> And so I bunted, like, no fun for it. Like, I know it. Like, I've literally been sitting on the bench, like, just, like, nonsense. Like, just 
totally not paying any attention to the game. And uh, I'm like, oh, cool, third base is back, like, three hit, like, bunt. And uh, I run down three quarters of the way, like, I just fall flat on my face. Like, trip over my own shoes, like, karma, like, gets me. And I like, crawl to first base, like, slam on it, and I'm safe. And my first base coach is like, yeah, karma, like, what are you doing? Why'd you bunt? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we're up by 18. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's the third inning, we're up by 18. Like, you can be like, like we're just getting guys in. Like, like if we thought you were going to swing. Like, what are you doing? Like, uh, I don't, okay, my bad, sorry. And, uh, Johnny, so Karma got me there. The other, uh, other bunt sign, the opposite side, which I got a bunt sign, and we had verbal signs where, um, if they said, you can't remember if it's your first name or last name, but basically I got a bump for a hit sign, and I, I knew the pitcher, and we had a guy in second base with, uh, one out. Um, and I ignored it, like missed the sign. I was supposed to bump for a hit, and I hit a missile like to left center. We scored the run. Uh, it was against a rival, and uh, we got the scores. We ended up winning the game. It was like top of seventh, and we were away. And top of seventh, we get to go ahead and run. We stopped in the, in the bottom of the seventh. It was awesome. It was great against a rival. At the end of the game, our coach was like, best missed sign ever. That was awesome. And then I sat the bench for two weeks, then I missed the sign. It was awesome. It was great. <laughs> Um, won the game, got credit for it, and then was like, you can't, you don't get signs. And like, that bench, so it was great. Um, but anyways, that's uh, that's our Wine Wednesday. I don't think we have anything else to talk about unless AJ or Nate, you guys want to bring anything else up? Delaney? No. All right, that was, that was pretty good. Um, we'll, uh, we'll post it. Sorry, this is only episode 12. It should be episode 13. We skipped episode 12. So this is episode 12. We'll catch you guys in the flippy flip, and uh, see you guys tomorrow. Peace.